0: Listening to Ouija Broads. This is Devin. This is Liz. Liz, I researched, I think, four different topics for you, and just none of them gelled until I managed to stumble across a topic that it's not really one thing or another, but it talks about pioneers, it talks about the Oregon Trail, it talks about ghosts, and it has several animals with names.
1: Whoa, okay. So, this is beyond qualified to become a part of the show. Absolutely,
0: right? This is the the, the fruit salad of things that we like, you know? Yeah, yeah. What I want to tell you about is the Hop King of the world, Ezra Meeker, and his journey on the Oregon Trail, his subsequent life, and then the possible ghost story that goes along with him and his mansion, after his death.
1: Oh my god, there's a mansion and a ghost? Okay. Oh, like yeah. just put it all in there. Just this is the all of this it. is like a little core sample of everything we do on the show. <laughs> yeah, it really just I think I talked about Ezra Meeker in the Oregon Trail episode actually. I
0: think you did. And I have a really hard time researching these days because I come across stuff and I really can't remember. Have we talked about it incidentally? Have we already done an episode on it? Or have I just read it before and meant to tell you about it?
1: But Mm -hmm.
0: at this point, there's so many threads that are starting to at least overlap in the tapestry of this Pacific North weird thing we are weaving that names are being really familiar. And I never know why that
1: is. Well, also, everybody had, like, the same seven oh my names, God. basically. Oh, my God. And, yeah, I, I have that same thing, too. And in some cases, I'm thinking about connections, and I want there to be more to say about it. Like, when I yeah. was talking about professor willoughby and how he was involved in the gold rush that Nellie was in there oh and yeah like all this is good for is god's most specific six degrees of separation <laughs> that only i can play <laughs> so i guess if i'm ever again driving on a road trip and somehow i don't have any music to listen to that'll keep me busy for a while that'll but totally keep you busy Oh, yeah. did you see the stuff I sent you today about the, the RPG, the little computer game I was going to make out of just shit around my neighborhood? No, but I'm into it. Did you email it to oh me my or God. what? Oh, no, I texted. I, I said, choose your fighter. Do you want Wastelander dude in kilt and dreadlocks, <laughs> nothing else, walking barefoot on the asphalt in 95-degree weather, or yard sale advertising swords? <laughs> 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 <I> mean- <laughs> Those are obviously
0: <laughs> one and the same. They Right, like <laughs> this is
1: all part of the same universe yeah. along with the guy that walks around my neighborhood. He's black, he is beefy, and he has a whole ass sword and a scabbard on his back. Wow. That, That's an option that in life. Is a man playing with fire. I am so <laughs> terrified for him. No, the police are like, well, it's legal. It's in a scabbard. It's sheathed. Good. Or okay. how about the youths that somehow connected a lime scooter to a value village shopping cart to make a chariot and then ditched it outside my house i called value village to get it back and they're like you're where (laughs) that's pretty that's like a mile i'm like i know (laughs) what What kind of you gonna come get it or what
0: world do you live in you live in a nice I, it's called wood. the
1: Garfield Logan neighborhood, <laughs> and it's amazing. It's just full of interesting NPCs, mm-hmm. like little Greek ladies coming yes. in my backyard to steal grape leaves, and yes. uh, you know, wise mentors like our neighbor with the eye patch who matt was chatting to one time and realized he the thing he was twiddling in his hands was not a pen or a vape but indeed a blow dart gun um (laughs) (laughs) the stressful thing about that neighbor is he's always on his bluetooth and Um, when somebody's like as dressed down as this guy you don't anticipate that he's on a bluetooth and he makes eye contact with you while he's talking to whoever so you're like me no no no, no, that's where Cubby's boyfriend enemy lives. Hammer, um, oh, Hammer it belongs to ipatch Blow blodart gunman. good. That sounds yeah. like the name he would give a dog right? yeah, yeah, it it says it all, yeah, um <laughs> yeah, yeah, so i I don't know where I'm going with any of this, but I feel like there's some kind of spokane like choose-your-own-adventure story where it's like, what are you going to do? Stab me? And there's seven <laughs> different options Goodness. that are going to end up with you stabbed. Yeah, exactly. I was just trying to
0: figure out which of my many blades I was going to unsheath for this.
1: Yeah, the one I got at the garage sale. The <laughs> <laughs> one I borrowed from the neighborhood blackula hunter. <sighs>
0: Uh, still i think the best garage sale was when jen convinced the tiniest littlest oldest asianist lady that she needed the ab roller to get summer bikini (laughs) body ready
1: Uh, Oh, you mean the lady that convinced me to take all the shit to her house man she saw remember that coming a mile away she didn't even need to speak my language to dominate me the way that no one has done in life. Like, she could have been like, and I need a pint of your blood, and I'd be like, okay. Yeah, exactly. She got me to put the end table she bought in my car, drive her to her apartment complex, carry it up the stairs, and put it there with the five other end tables (laughs) that presumably she'd (laughs) obtained from yard sales earlier that day, because she was a pro level thrift hoarder.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she really was. She, yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: oh, no, I was going to say best garage sale I've ever been to. So I was, it was up on High Drive, you know, where you're sort of looking over. Yeah. Hands got like that cliff down oh, yeah. to Lata Creek, et cetera. Yeah. And those are nice the- houses. Yeah. They're, they're nice because apparently it costs big money to plan to go down in a landslide <laughs> next time there's a heavy rain. time I assume that's what's going to yep. happen. But So I shit you not, Matt and I, I don't know where Lydia was, presumably with my parents, drove up and down High Drive about four or five times trying to find this place. I don't know why we put this much effort into it, but we were following the signs, and we found it, and I still have not ever seen that house again (laughs) on High Drive. I don't know how it was (laughs) on a street that yeah. I've driven on many times, and I couldn't find it, and I can't find it again. That's creepy. But it is. We we went over, we looked through the stuff in the driveway, and they were like, oh, like, the whole house is full of stuff. We're like, oh, okay, we go into the house. You the idiot. House, uh, yeah, like, and then we were never heard from yeah. again. Yeah,
0: the fucking Twilight Zone house just absolutely ganked your ass out of this universe, and you're just like, nah, that's fine, maybe I'll find a 25-cent China plate. Oh, my God. I'm gonna God. eat these
1: pomegranate seeds. That should work that out should great. That work great. Oh, just two of them. I'll stay here forever. Yeah, so we walked into this house, and if you subtracted the medical equipment, you know, like the stuff that ends up in the house mm-hmm. when for whatever reason you've got, like, continence problems and yeah. you're not super steady on your feet, that house was exactly the same as it was in 1975. Oh, God. It was... I... The more I went from room to room, and, like, we were the only ones in that house looking through this stuff. Yeah. I didn't just want to buy the house. I didn't just want to buy the stuff. I wanted to steal their identities. (laughs) Everything about these people was amazing. Like, you would walk into the the den, Uh and it was, like, built in. Wood panelled bookshelves with books that don't have dust covers, like the kind that you would like (gasps) see behind a lawyer in an ad on TV at two AM. Yes, like legit ass looking (laughs) books and like model ships and a leather armchair and shag fucking carpeting. Oh my god! Uh, There was like extra glitter (laughs) in all of the popcorn that had been sprayed on the ceiling. Oh god! There was wallpaper. Like I know I've been saying that big florals are coming back oh, for wallpaper so coming back like giant giant florals on black this was yeah. like giant florals color on color and on top of the color sparkles god or gilding to like <laughs> edge through so you really appreciate this fucking turquoise cabbage <laughs> rose that's the size of a steering wheel We went into the front room they had like ancient medical equipment. We got a stethoscope that works <laughs> that we use to like wow. for when Liz being a doctor, yeah, or whatever. You gave your
0: your a child a, a cursed haunted object. Congratulations! Yeah,
1: of course. Great. Liz. I bought a punch bowl there. Oh my god! And. This is this is the thing. So I almost never regret not getting stuff. And yeah. I remind myself of this a lot. Yeah, That I'm like, you almost never think back on stuff that you could have bought and didn't. Like the book that I picked up when we were hanging out in Roslyn. I'm not like, oh, shit, I should have gotten that. This one I did. It was a mystery object. It was a wooden plaque such as you would like give somebody with a with a metal thing explaining what award they had won yeah or decoupage a picture onto so you could hang it on the wall yeah it had little sticks coming out of it that held in place a stack of four carved wooden shot glasses and one small hourglass I needed that, and I needed to know all its secrets. What? (laughs) What game was that? What activity what? was that? Did you have to take, like, all what? four shots before the sand ran out of the hourglass? Yeah. What was the hourglass for? Why was it wooden? What? Why was all of it wooden? Yeah. Why not only, like, I could see coming up with a game where you took shots in some sort of, like, timely manner. Yeah. I'm incredibly impressed it yeah. was in the home of these people who were, who were 120 <laughs> years old. Yeah. <laughs> Before they le- before they left and died, and also it was enough of a thing in their lives that they had a wall-mounted display for it. How how much was it? I don't even remember. It it was priceless, Devin. <laughs> it was priceless because I'm gonna think about it every month of my life until I die. <laughs> Four hand-carved choke. wooden shot glasses. And a little, a little egg timer style, mysterious, fucking hourglass with sand in it, also with wood except for the glass parts, and a a custom plaque whose only (laughs) purpose was to make sure, like like you would have the phone on the wall, like you know, that's what it did. In a hurry, you need to be able to grab hourglass shot game. Do not leave
0: home without this. We are going to the Johnson's key party down the street, and we will not have a good time without Mystery Shot Glass Hour Game. Yeah. Why don't we market this as a Ouija Broads game? Why don't we I'm sure there was never a patent or we'd be playing it to this day. You know, if they'd had a good marketing team, we'd know what this was. We can reinvent it. it.
1: I shit you not part of why I wouldn't, even if I could, is because sometimes we crap up Google such that when I decide to go back down a rabbit hole, you know what you get if you Google, I prefer lemons now? (laughs) Fucking us. (laughs) Our dumb shits. We don't know what happened, Google. (laughs) Raleigh Faulkner, it's us. It's us.
0: (laughs) You are now the definitive expert On so
1: many things. Good, I can die now. <laughs> no, you can't, because you don't know what that fucking shot glass game was for. That's the only way I'm gonna find out is when I <laughs> die, and Saint Peter says you can have one question answered. Do you want to know who D.B. Cooper was, <laughs> or <laughs> is Bigfoot real? Do ghosts exist? Yeah. Why? Why does man commit evil? Mm-hmm. Or is no, I want to know what that fucking shot glass thing was. <laughs>
0: If you ever find another one, will you buy it?
1: Oh my God! Yes, <laughs> spare no expense. I will sell my car. I will sell a kidney to get my hands on one of those. Pop, tell me how the shot glasses were they were they always stuck on that wooden thing? Or could you no, take no, they them were off? in like a small stack, and they had little sticks coming out of the wooden thing, so that if you wanted to put them away. You could, like, there was a little shelf and then the the, um, little sticks kind of making, like, a little channel so you could stack them up for high and they were contained. Like, they had a little shelf to be on and little sticks to keep them from falling to one side or the other. But, by God, you weren't going to have to be slowed down opening a cabinet when it was time for (laughs) shot glass hourglass game. (laughs) They were accessible, man. You were slowed down Mm -hmm. by the fact that they were made of wood. So presumably, whatever the last person had taken shots out of, you could taste. You were and when you some... washed them the next day, it took three days to dry. It
0: did those expanded and contracted mightily? Be like doing shots out of a
1: salad bowl. <laughs> Jesus. I've taken up 15 minutes of our fucking show talking about this. Please tell me about Ezra Meeker. I'm going to have to put this at the end. All I'm doing is doing shit that future editor Liz is going to punch me in the dick for. That sounds like a
0: problem for Sunday, Liz, to me. Yeah, it does. That's what I've started doing at work when I leave my desk a mess on Friday. Just announcing to no one in particular, this looks like a problem for Monday, Devin, and then leaving. Yep. How does Monday Devin feel about it? Monday Devon wants to just quit on the spot, kick old Devon, <laughs> kick Friday Devin in the dick, and then jetpack yeah. out of there. And then the Friday that comes after that Monday? Same shit. Same shit. Same shit. They're two they're two Devons, and never the twain shall meet, thank God. Or they would <laughs> they would duel to the death. Monday Devin and Friday Devin have very different outlooks.
1: It'd be a hot fight, though. God, wouldn't that be sexy? Mm-hmm, It'd just be. Mm-hmm. Yep. There'd be a lot of, like, slapping, and then, like, if anybody's lip got cut, they would lick the blood. They would them.
0: lick the blood Ooh. with their teeny tiny little dinosaur stub of a tongue. <laughs> Devin's, <laughs> Devin's got a Do you have a tongue small... tie? What? I asked if you had a tongue tie. You just have a short tongue? I just have a short tongue. That's legit. It's really small. I'm playing with it right now. It can okay, only go. Good. It can only go as high as my top lip.
1: Like, All right, having uh, taping a whole thing where we messed around before we actually tried to do an episode <laughs> may have been a poor choice. This
0: was a great choice. No, and there's, please tell me
1: about Ezra Meeker. <laughs> Ezra Meeker was born
0: in Ohio, and he and his wife were two of the approximately half million folks who immigrated on the Oregon Trail from like eighteen eleven to eighteen
1: seventy. It was very in. It was. The thing super into that. To do so hot right now.
0: I don't know anything about Ezra Meeker's tongue, but I do know that he and his wife began their journey across the Oregon Trail with his brother and his brother's wife and a couple other people in 1852. And they took their infant son with them and Ezra talks about how he wrote several books after his journey. And his books talk about how even though they were journeying in 1852, which is, you know, more toward the tail end of the boom than the the beginning, they were never not in sight of another family traveling.
1: Wow. Okay. It, It
0: always felt like the trail was busy. But what was different for them was that they took the journey slow. They were quite measured. They were very well prepared. He credits Eliza a lot with their successful journey because he said that she was really good at planning and packing their supplies so that they were able Hmm. to fit a whole bunch of stuff in. And knowing that they were going to go a little bit slower meant they didn't overexert themselves. They didn't overexert their oxen. You know they didn't crack an axle and die of diphtheria because they couldn't get a bonus axle or whatever.
1: Where did they fucking stand on fording a river versus caulking the wagon floating? <laughs> caulking the wagon? The <laughs> only
0: animal they lost was a cow mm-hmm. that got swept away in the Missouri River when they forded
1: it. Oh shit! These guys have like sixteen thousand points on Oregon they, Trail. The
0: perfect this scored is perfect. it. Perfect. Every single member of their party survived.
1: Wow, that's all the points. You need that. All the points, man. Like, high score. But then you don't get to fill out a tombstone.
0: You don't get to fill out a tombstone, which is a super bummer. But I guess it's better than the alternative, right? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. They end up in Oregon territory, they end up in Portland. I
1: hope so, because if they did all that and they didn't end up in Oregon (laughs) Territory, then it would not be so impressive. It would not be the Oregon Trail. They were just like,
0: ah, Idaho's as far as we go, I guess. Yeah. They split off. Some of the party goes to California. They go up to Portland. They're not there for very long. They go over to St. Helens. They're not there for very long. They go to Kalama, Also not there for very long. But in 1953, Ezra hears that... 1853? Yep.
1: 1853, not 1953, Ezra hears that everything... The twist was the dance of the time and all the kids were going wild for this new television invention. What was the Alaska Territory and why did we make it our 50th state?
0: Man would be on the moon in but a blink. Anyway, (laughs) it's 1853. Ezra hears that everything north of the Columbia is going to be broken off into a new territory called the Washington Territory. And he's like, Oh shit. Let's fucking go up there. Yo, let's go claim some land. So fortunately, Ezra's kind of one of the good white people. He's really friendly with Indian tribes. No no such thing. Right. But like he has to sit on a trial against an Indian man who killed a white man. And it was totally fucking justified. And he was one of the two guys on the journey jury that was like, no, we're going to acquit him. It was obviously self-defense. And was okay. very, like, much an early advocate of everybody having rights. He was, uh, later in his life, he, very pro-suffragette movement.
1: All right, well, way to be less of a shithead than I expected, right. Ezra.
0: Right, Ezra, you're doing all right for yourself. Maybe not as well as you could have been, but definitely better than most of the folks there. And if we're grading on a curve. And if we're grading on a curve, really curve got you got an A+. They go to the Washington Territory. They become friendly with some local Indian tribes, the Puyallups. Uh, they learn how to cook shellfish and find seafood, thanks to the tribes there. Ezra and his brother Oliver get a letter from the rest of their family back east that says, hey, we want to come out there. So they help the rest of the family immigrate West in 1853 and 1854. Their dad builds a general store up in Stellacum, which is good because Ezra and Oliver have settled in this really swampy infertile land on McNeil Island.
1: Oh, okay. Where where the prison would later be.
0: Where the prison would later be is exactly right. It is not growing anything. Oliver ends up on a supply run. He has a ship, and he's coming back from California, and it sinks, and Oliver dies. So now Ezra doesn't have a brother. All their cash money had been tied up in this ship, and his land is not producing. Mm. So he's like, fuck, what do I do? Well, he and his surviving brother, John, they go get land in the Puyallup Valley, and they start farming there. And Ezra's making a little bit of extra money helping his neighbors clear their land. But what really goes right for them is that in 1865, a brewer named Isaac Wood is friends with the Meekers, and he brings them some hops plants. And he goes, oh. so I'm going to be brewing here. I want to see if you guys can grow this. Go ahead and try it in this land. Okay. Oh, my God. Way to be. Liz. Liz. Yes. Yes. Hops fucking love the Puyallup Valley. Oh, good, good, good. They go apeshit. Hops plants are producing five times what a plant normally produces. So the meekers are rich, they're making all kinds of money. They're selling their hops to all kinds of brewers around here. Beer back then was super big deal in Washington. It's still a super big deal. Yeah. Uh they're they're making travels to San Francisco and they're, they're using the transcontinental railroad to go back East to find investors. And he's making some kind of famous friends. He's kind of like a Forrest Gump where he ends up meeting all these famous people uh, that are, that are existing at the time. Like he runs into the journalist Horace Greeley, who was the guy that nice. did the go West young man quote.
1: Yeah. And
0: you know, Mark Twain is around And he meets like 18 presidents later in his life. But anyway, they're doing great. Because they're doing great and they're bringing more people to the valley as farmers, Ezra goes, you know what? This is going to become a town. Let's make this real. So he files an official document. He makes an official map of the town site. It's around his cabin. And he says, we're going to call it Puyallup. After the local Native American tribe whose name means generous people.
1: But we're going to be really sure to spell it in a way such that people who are from outside the area
0: won't know how to say it. They'll have no fucking clue. And he is fine with that because you know what? He is going to spread the Puyallup name far and wide. People will learn how to spell it and say it because it's going to be famous for hops, my dude.
1: That was a whole thing for me when I first was working in rural health. It's yeah. It's just trying to figure out all the, like, you've just been crushing it on this episode. I'm listening to you get through, like, Puyallup and Stelecum and <laughs> we've got all our Suwamish and Duwamish yes. and this and that. Yes. And I think Skagit is always the one that throws me, and I tend to say Walla Walla instead of Walla Walla. Yeah. And I think people emphasize it a little differently. Yeah. But then there's um, Tushy. What T-O-U-C-H-E-T. Tushy. Yeah, they don't say touche. <laughs> or touch it. Or anything such. Like tushy. It. Tushy. And you're like, okay. You got it.
0: Touch it, the tushy.
1: Touch that tushy.
0: Squim is the one that always freaks me out. Because I'm like, squim. I want to say sequim. I want to pronounce wanna all those I want to say sequim.
1: It's spelled exactly like sequin. Except there's an M at the end. There but is. it's
0: secretly squim. Squim. Yeah. Squim. Um, I got really mad living on the East Coast because you have Worcester, nope, pronounced Worcester. You have Dorchester, pronounced not Dewster, Dorchester. Like, <clears throat> what the fuck, guys? Everyone knew I was an out-of-towner because I couldn't pronounce shit. That's some horse shit. Super horse shit. Mm-hmm. We've got Ezra... We've got his family. It's the 1880s, and Ezra is now the wealthiest man in the area. Good for you, Ezra. Ezra Macon Bank. He's doing great. He's he's building Puyallup. He's known for civic involvement. He writes a book about hops culture. He's supporting the women's suffrage movement very openly. And about this time, Eliza's like, hey, dude, I'm really tired of living with you and your brother in this, like, one-room cabin. Can we build a house?
1: That's legit.
0: Totally legit. Good job, Eliza. Way to say what I want is a mansion. What I shall get is a mansion. (laughs) So the family builds what's now known as the Meeker Mansion. Between 1887 and 1890, I guess it cost them about $26,000 to build, which was a lot. Mm. It's a Victorian home. It's 15 rooms. It's in the Italianate style. Mm. And they even flew an Italian, well, flew. They even
1: got an Italian artist over to paint their ceilings with beautiful little details. So... I mean, given the West at the time and everything we've done up to this point, I think they got a guy from Des Moines with a good Italian accent. <laughs> Without, it didn't even had have to convincing be good, dude. attitude. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah.
0: He, he had dark hair and tanned up nice. Close enough. <laughs> Poor Eliza, though. They only get to enjoy this house for a couple years because in 1891 a blight strikes hop fields all the way from (gasps) British Columbia to California. No. Yeah. And then the the beers. And then the pesticides that they use make the crops even worse. So in a year, the yield is decreased to half of its pre-blight yield. And by 1893, we have the worldwide panic. And Meeker had loaned out so much money to other places he'd given it away he'd loaned it out to other farmers he was investing in places but these other farmers can't pay him back there's no money to be had and Mm -hmm. also all the businesses that he've invested in have fucking folded because of the panic
1: so okay so the panic is like a widespread financial thing not a specific hops crisis
0: not a hops crisis no so there's a hops crisis that happens and then we've got the global panic Oh, the one-two
1: punch. The one-two
0: punch. So now he is bankrupt, totally broke. And it takes like seven years for him to figure out what they're going to do next. They try to buy and sell mining claims up in the Klondike And Mm -hmm. they dry vegetables and then sell them in the Klondike. But any money that they make from selling vegetables up in the Klondike, they lose in trying to mine up there. Just nothing is going right for Ezra and Eliza. They eventually have to sell their mansion to their daughter and her husband to keep it from being taken. Um, Mm -hmm. And... They only sell it for $10,000. You know, they built it for 26000 Yeah. But part of the stipulation is that they get to keep
1: living in it. So Okay, so this is kind of a tax shelter. Mm, total. Let's not lose our home. Yeah, thing. exactly. Super shell game.
0: Mm-hmm. It is now the 20th century. It's been almost 50 years since Eliza and Ezra traveled the Oregon Trail. They have been pioneers, they've made a fortune, they've lost a fortune, they've started and owned various businesses. They're now pretty stable, and they're in their 70s. And right about now, most people would chill the fuck out. Yeah. Especially 70-year-olds. In the early
1: 20th century, to be 70 was like being 100.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, (laughs) Ezra's going to get there, don't you worry. Oh. He gets a wild hair and decides, you know what? My civic duty is not done. The Oregon Trail is a big fucking deal in America's history, in my history, in in the world's history, and it deserves commemoration. But the farmland of the Midwest is becoming more developed and they're plowing under parts of the trail. The cities that have sprouted up along the Oregon Trail are starting to pave over the original trail with sidewalks. Our stories are being lost. Our history is being lost. And I want to make sure that this doesn't fade from American consciousness.
1: And so he designed a video game. (laughs) The end. (laughs) He designed, like,
0: Inverness Pokemon Go actual real life video game. Ezra is like, what I'm going to do is a giant publicity stunt where I retrace the Oregon Trail in an ox-drawn wagon at 70 fucking years old and drum up interest in the trail, erecting monuments and markers as I go along.
1: Nice.
0: People are like, what are you doing? His friends are like, I know you wanted money for this. But there's no way. We're not, you are going to go out there and die. You're 70 years old. What are you doing? Yeah. And Ezra's I'm not going like, to kickstart
1: your death <laughs> ride, Ezra. <Like. laughs>
0: Let's crowdfund <laughs> Ezra's death march. Ezra's like, uh-uh, no, we're doing it. He finds he finds three decrepit wagons left over from the Oregon Trail days and, like, frankensteins them together into one functioning Wagon.
1: Sweet. Okay. He's like, okay,
0: now I need a pair of oxen. And the only oxen. And he got
1: 80-year-old oxen. He's <laughs> done the trail.
0: <laughs> already done the trail. No, he manages to find a guy in Oregon selling a pair of oxen. And one of them is, like, Craigslist. totally great. It was totally Craigslist, right? One of them is like, cool, I'll totally pull this for you. And the other one's like, no thanks, but the guy will only sell them as a pair, because what the fuck else do you use oxen for, right? So Ezra has to buy two oxen, but only can use one. And then he's like, well, now what? I need a pair. So he has to go all the way to Montana to find a guy who's selling steers that are big enough to match an
1: oxen. So but he's got... He's like, would you like a bunch of extremely tough steaks? Because <laughs> I have a surplus. Because
0: I've got a surplus. So he's got his ox that he names Twist. He's okay. got a steer that he names Dave. And...
1: <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> he names it Dave. <laughs> oh my God you caught me so off guard with that because I was just sitting there thinking about what it would be like if you had any kind of animal named twist because if anything was happening out of your control all people would see is you standing there fruitlessly going twist twist, twist! and they're like what's the twist? <laughs> twist what's happened like I didn't I wasn't here for the setup and then all of a sudden fucking Dave out of nowhere and then Dave we've got Dave. Thank God we've got Dave
0: because Ezra then goes, Well, you know what? I didn't have a dog the first time I made this journey, but dogs are cool because people like you better if you have a dog. Dogs are really good icebreakers for women and kids. More people will talk to me if I have a dog. So he buys a border collie or a, he buys a collie from a neighbor for five bucks and he names this dog Jim. Okay. And they are Headed to the Lewis and Clark Expo in Portland, Oregon in 1905. Twist, All right. Dave, Tear it up. Jem, Ezra, they take their covered wagon and they're going to go do de- there to give lectures, to give demonstrations, and to talk up Ezra's idea of retracing the Oregon Trail, putting up monuments, raising America's consciousness as to the immensity of the trail i guess in in our minds and in our history
1: right because we've established this before that this was the day where the entertainment was basically especially in rural or undeveloped areas just people coming and Telling you shit. Oh yeah. So we've got like that's how the Ada Blackjack story goes down as people going, One time I went to the Arctic. And like I think we're not far off in Oregon from Opal doing her like yep. what if a wasp was a fairy? Yes. And so I'm sure people were Freaking like, opal. You've got two oxen and a dog and you've been on the Oregon Trail. This is the most legit thing I've seen <laughs> all week. <laughs> this is so cool. This is yeah
0: eventually what people will do in elementary schools for the Oregon Trail Pioneer section of their learning in fourth grade worldwide.
1: Right. This is like when you're at the actual state fair or the county fair yes. and you walk past like 10 multi-level marketing booths and all of a sudden there's just some dude like making a horseshoe. <laughs>
0: you're like, well, I'm going to watch that. I'm going to watch this. I have never been more interested in churning butter in my whole life. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Also, the Washington State Fair is in Puyallup. Hells yes. So, way to just come full circle with this, Washington. Mm -hmm. Good job, Ezra. Ezra starts out in Washington. Uh, His first stop is Tonino. That's
1: not not how you do the Oregon Trail. No,
0: no. Well, you got to start in your home turf, right? You know, when he was living in Puyallup, he starts in Tonino and he erects his first stone monument. Tonino is cool with it. Everywhere else he goes in Washington and Oregon is like, what are you doing? Absolutely not. This is dumb. We don't want you. You can't come talk here. You can't sit with us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He finally gets to the Dales where his, his two workers that were going to come with him have quit. They've totally buggered off and said, this is ridiculously beyond us. No, thank you. But in the Dales, he manages to hire a guy who will be both his driver and his cook. Because remember, Ezra's in his 70s. Yeah. He has a, (laughs) he has an odometer and he sets it to zero miles in the Dales and says, okay, well, we're starting from here.
1: What the fuck was an odometer in 1905? Like a long measuring tape? Wait, what's that? Like you just paid it out all day and then hit the button when you stopped and and like all the way back up? You just had to measure it
0: in yardsticks. You were just doing that the whole way. I don't know. I couldn't find it out. I could just find this on an article about Ezra, which is that he had an odometer and set
1: it to zero. I mean, I did too, but it's (laughs) never going to say anything besides zero. Besides zero? Exactly. Well. Uh, Okay, no, I found a a speedometer and an odometer by Elliott Brothers, London, 1905. We're going to crack this walnut. What the fuck? (laughs) He had one of the very
0: first ones.
1: Uh... No, tell me how it works. I don't need <laughs> to see a picture of it. It looks like some steampunk shit. <laughs> how did it work, though? We'll never... Okay. No. Okay, so, like, postal inspectors would use them. This doesn't help. It tells how far you drive, and it rings a bell for every mile. <laughs> but how did You're it how did it know? Okay... I mean, I understand how it works on a bicycle because it counts each rotation Rotations, of the wheel. Yeah. So maybe that's how he did it. Sure. Okay. Sure. All right, I'm satisfied. The odometer knows that on.
0: every four steps Dave takes is ten feet. And it's it was counting. There you go. It was a Fitbit. Is exactly right. It was it was a Tamagotchi. and you just had to walk <laughs> so many miles in a day. He finally gets people interested. By the time Ezra has gotten to Idaho from the Dales, people are excited. They are greeting him on his way into town. They are cheering. They have enthusiasm. He was supposed to just go to these towns and put in wooden markers saying, Here was where the trail was. You guys raise money and erect a stone monument. He's getting to places that have already pre-made the stone monument. They are so excited for him to come. He is doing fine. He's getting money for his supplies by giving lectures, which he charges 50 cents a head to. Because as you said, the only entertainment we have in these days (laughs) is old men talking about things and then he shows off his ox and he shows off twist and dave and jim is hanging out and then he gets some of those like stereoscope kind of cards and does magic yes. lantern shows he's taking oh i love that oh it's wonderful it's so sideshow he's selling those um you know doctor good kind of things he's selling those those fake Snake oil remedies as he's
1: going. Sweet. Um, I mean, those could party in the day. mm -hmm. It would be like, here's some laudanum and some cocaine. Yep. We've dissolved it in wine. You're going to (laughs) not feel better, but you won't remember. (laughs) But you won't remember. (laughs) By the time you wake up, I'm in the next county.
0: I am gone. So he's doing fine until he gets to Nebraska. And then Nebraska is having none of it. They don't care about his sales pitch. They don't care about the Oregon Trail. Twist dies in Nebraska. Oh, twist. But thank God he's able to buy another ox in Omaha, which he names Dandy. And so Dale Dave and Dandy, and Dandy cute. they they are able to get him all the way to Indianapolis, which is where he once lived, which is where he and Eliza started their uh, their journey ends up being 2,600 miles from Puyallup. Criminy, okay. In Indianapolis, he's also doing fine. He's selling postcards from the photos that he was taking because in 1905, fucking everybody loved postcards.
1: Yes, yeah. My guy actually made money selling postcards too. I was just thinking about yes. Like, I just edited the one where the guy makes money selling a picture of Birmingham or whatever and pretending it's the ghost city. (laughs) And then I get another one. Apparently just people were like, sure, random person on the street. I mean, it's exciting. You don't have like a a phone taking pictures. You're like, how am I going to prove this happened? And I met this person. I'll take your headshot. I'll take take your 8x10. Absolutely. I'll take your 8x10. I'll take this picture of Dale the Ox with, you know, your
0: wagon and whatever is happening here. Let's go for it. It's got that pretty script on the back. I'll write a cryptic note to an ant that I haven't seen in 10 years and mail it off
1: for a penny. I've gotten weirdly obsessed with Art Salvage. They have a whole box of old postcards. And, like, the fronts of them are interesting enough, but then you read the back, and, like, my favorite one so far is somebody just talking to somebody about not selling a horse and how other people might think the horse is crazy, but the horse isn't crazy, but definitely also don't sell the horse (laughs) because the horse is a little crazy. (laughs) You
0: are one of the few people that I can go to antique stores with happily because you will let me spend as much time as I want looking through every fucking single old photo that they're trying to sell in a shoebox for a dollar each because you will be doing the same thing with me.
1: Yeah, I need to know. I, I love my little paper ephemera. Yes, I've got, well, off I've got my little matchbooks from eBay, and I've got my thing. So there used to be this party they would throw downtown. It was not an actual powwow. They just stole the name. Oh no! Shocking no one. Shocking but no one. It was. It's this Victorian guy and girl. It's a photograph of them, and it's saying, "I'm having a good time at the Spokane powwow. How would you like to be me?" <laughs> 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 the just like yeah energy coming off that makes me happy every time I look at it. How would you like to be me? How would you? Like- I'm sitting on a carpet in front of a camera that took ninety full minutes to make this picture. What? She's sass? wearing twelve yards of fabric on her top half alone. <laughs> you gotta
0: be careful saying that to Lid because that is a phrase that will stick with her, and she'll How look you at like you. would like to be me? Yep, forever after. <laughs> Oh, my God.
1: Please continue.
0: (laughs) From there, Ezra ends up going to Ohio, and then he continues this circuit of trying to get money and national attention. He goes up to New York. He goes down to D.C. to meet President Roosevelt. He goes to Pennsylvania. He's doing this whole big, like, and circuit, trying to get more people to donate money, to be excited about the Oregon Trail, to maybe erect Things in their own cities that he hasn't got to, but that are part of the Oregon Trail. He's selling the book that he wrote about his experience the first time on the Oregon Trail. Still selling his postcards. But when he's in Pennsylvania, it's 1906 and Eliza is very sick.
1: Oh, no. And he gets word of this. Pack up your merch, man. Well, he can't pack it up. He just, like, gets
0: it as far as, well, let's see. Where am I? He gets his merch to hang out in Pennsylvania. He takes a train and then a riverboat all the way back to Puyallup to be with Eliza. She starts doing better. So he's like, cool. He takes a train all the way back to Pennsylvania. Does his little wagon journey from Pennsylvania to Missouri to continue gaining interest. And then puts all that shit on a train to be trained back to him in Puyallup. Okay. Oh my goodness. I guess, actually, sorry, it's trained back to him in Portland, where he is now getting a much warmer welcome now that he's like a national figure.
1: And Just every night before he goes to sleep, he's going, Please, Jesus, somebody invent the automobile. <laughs> Just, I'm the first person who's ever needed it this bad. <laughs>
0: For the love of God, I'm so tired of looking at an
1: ox's ass.
0: He goes from Portland to Puyallup, awesome, things are great. No, they're not, because it's 1909 and Eliza dies.
1: Oh, Eliza.
0: And he goes, you know what, that sucks, I'm never going back to the house again, I don't need the mansion, because what I want is to do another expedition. Yeah, that's what I think I'm going to do. I'm going to go back and mark the Oregon Trail, but this time I'm going to do it on a map so that we've got a really good physical sense of where the Oregon Trail was on paper. I'll be the first person to really map the whole thing. And I'm going to use the wagon ruts that still exist in some places. And then the memories of other old timers before all of that is gone.
1: I'm so torn on this because on the one hand, I'm so appreciative. Somebody with living memory of this is trying to document it. And collect oral history yeah. and map it. But also, I worry that he's not taking the time he needs to mourn his companion.
0: Oh, I don't think he is at all either. And I, I can't speculate at all about their marriage beyond, like, they had what seems like a very long life together. And they seemed like they were partners and things. And I think if I was a woman living at that time, I would really prefer to be married to a man who's like, yay, women have rights too. But also I'd be pretty fucking pissed if my partner was like, what up, peace out. I'm going to go back on this trail that just killed a whole lot of people when we're retirement age. And yeah, she's like, like
1: hang. take some notes about what it's like to have a newborn baby when you do God, it. God,
0: right? Their son was seven months old when she was doing this. What yeah. the fuck, man? But it, this just became his thing. This was everything, I think, Ezra, not that he cared about, but this obviously became a very big obsession for Ezra. Right. It's... Dandy and Dave are quite old, have traveled many a mile. They can go no further. And so Ezra has them slaughtered and taxidermied so they can go on display in a museum. He donates his wagon to the Washington State Historical Museum. He actually starts a historical society. He funds a bunch of libraries and other historical uh cultural institutions he's now gonna spend the next 13 years having his prayers answered because he's doing these publicity stunts by car and by airplane fuck yeah You got your wish, my friend. He got his
1: car. (laughs) That's why he killed the oxen. He's like, I can't figure out how to get you in the plane at all. I can't figure it out. I'm so sorry. We can't fit you with those goggles and a jaunty scarf. (laughs) Jaunty
0: scarf. I'm so sorry. It's not time for people to drop beavers from planes yet. I don't know this is an option. But he goes around the country being driven in cars with the top down across Oregon trail places, going to, you know, functions, going to fairs. He meets with like three presidents. He campaigns for better roads, uh, both in terms of uh, safety uh, and in terms of access. So more roads, Mm -hmm. better roads. He writes, runs for office, writes a couple more books and he doesn't feel very well in November 1928, goes home to Seattle, checks into a hotel, and dies on December 3rd, 1928, just a month shy okay. of his 98th birthday.
1: That is mind-blowing. You're talking about him driving around in a car. And it's yep. like, remember back in the Butch Cassidy stuff where, like, somebody who plausibly could have been Butch Cassidy, timeline-wise, gets in a car after him? Yep. Accident? And they're like, sorry, no, you can't both do the Oregon Trail with an oxen, full-on, like, mech game style. Oh, my God. And also be tootling around in a Model T, but apparently yeah. you can.
0: Yeah, you apparently can. He was in an airplane. He met one of the Wright brothers. It's it's wow. completely out of my scope of, of thinking to think that this person coexists between Oregon Trail, actual pioneers, built his own cabin, and then, yeah, whatever. Cross country trips by airplane. I love it. It's bizarre. He's probably wonderful. like, "What else you got?" <laughs> he told he when he goes back in November. You know, he told his daughter, "I can't die yet. I've got so much to do." Aww. So, a journalist wrote of him. So the Oregon Trail was blazed and tramped, traders, trappers, gold seekers, missionaries, colonists, until the highway stretched from the Missouri River to the Pacific Ocean. Years passed and railroads supplanted the old Oregon Trail. Its very location was forgotten. Disputes arose. Then an old man, almost 80, clambered into a prairie schooner, made in part of some in which the pioneers had journeyed westward and the Oregon trail was retraced and marked with monuments that the people and a nation
1: may not forget.
0: Aw. Very
1: sweet. That's something that I think we, I don't know. I won't speak for everybody. I don't always think about enough. The fact that the stuff that is canonical in the, in the physical realm that we walk through, the plaques that you see on houses, you know, nobody gets like, well, some of us do yeah, get very excited when you see yeah. a historical plaque yeah. or that a home is on the re- register or there's a little, you know, interpretive mm-hmm. whatever there. But every piece of that is the story of that place getting passed down yeah. hand to hand yeah. and mind to mind all it takes is a small break and all of a sudden you can have something like it's not that the oregon trail was more important than some other things that we don't know as well right. but some people really took it upon themselves to make sure that it didn't fade completely out of memory and out yeah. of physical presence yeah
0: and it would have gone if it wasn't for yeah. ezra meeker making this his personal cross to bear that we didn't forget about it as a nation he finally inspired the sons and daughters of the american revolution clubs to continue his work uh they okay. were they were doing that in the 1910s and 1920s with him but it took his 28 years last 28 years on earth to make sure that, that this became a thing how strange yeah. to think that it Like, those don't spring out of nothing. There wasn't a a group of people in Washington going, yeah, this is important. We should do this for the nation's history.
1: Right? Yeah, and without that, would we have ever gotten the Oregon Trail game that so many of us know? And without the game, would so many of us think about the Oregon Trail? No, I think basically something like the Lewis and Clark expedition has the memorial aspect of it built in yeah right because they're keeping journals they're on federal money Mm -hmm. they are blazing this trail and everybody's interested in it and what's coming out of it right but something like the oregon trail is much more domestic despite its scope absolutely right yeah it's like it's not that one mighty expedition or one group of people did this it's that a lot of people did this yeah and the ways in which they did it, and where they were, are important, and and not just what happened after, but that experience. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I did promise you ghosts. Oh yeah, I did, and the haunted mansion.
0: And the Meeker Mansion still stands, and that is where the Ooh. Twain meet. It is owned by the Puyallup Historical Society. Apparently, the mansion is haunted. I couldn't find a lot of specifics online. It's just people saying. And there's paranormal activity. But what I did find, specifically, was a March 2009 issue of Paranormal Underground, which is a magazine, Mm. says that Eliza Jane's bedroom is the site of what they call a haunted butt print.
1: Okay.
0: Apparently, the bedspread in her bedroom constantly has an indentation as though someone was sitting there. No matter how many times you, like, straighten the sheet, it always appears But for whatever reason, they decided to call it a haunted butt print.
1: I mean, off the top of my head, I don't have something better, but I think it's just because that term is now taking up all the space in my brain.
0: (laughs) If I was going to haunt something, you best believe it would be my ghost ass all over whatever it was. It's on cars, windows. It's on cars. I want to leave phantom ass prints on every glass surface in the house that I haunt. It'll be like the stain from a murder scene that no matter how many times you scrub the carpet, it always comes back. No matter how many times you clean that mirror when you get out of the shower, my ass is right there just (laughs) on the mirror.
1: I mean, I hope if this is something that it's not Eliza sitting there on the edge of her bed in some kind of conscious way, because that's never a position I'm in where, like, shit's going really well. That's oh. that's where I am when I'm, like, I'm super tired and I'm going to lie down, but I need to, like, gather my strength to go brush my teeth or but I don't want to fit. get up, Yeah, you know? No, don't
0: worry. Eliza and Ezra still haunt the place, according to a psychic named Lynn Sutherland Os- Olson, and they are very much still active and talkative. She's not stuck in a loop, my friend. She is very much present as an intelligent being haunting her home. I, I
1: don't know why Ezra wouldn't haunt the Oregon Trail, though. Maybe she well, was like, okay, you did that during your life, but now that you're dead, you're going to stay at home. According to Lynn,
0: she... Was in the room for 10 minutes before the spirits made themselves known. And what she first realized was that Ezra was asleep in bed, snoring. You get to sleep when you're dead? Yeah. yeah, And then Eliza was there waiting for him to fall asleep and stop, or waiting for him to stop snoring so that she could fall asleep.
1: And you say that's not a loop. That's just something they're doing. (laughs) That's just what they
0: did. Well, because then we go on. You see, Lynn is a psychic and the house. The Meeker Mansion has done a good job, I think, of saying, hey, whatever, we're a historic site. We're also open for rent. We need your money. Have your wedding here. Have your garage sale. Today was their annual community antique and garage sale on their lawn. Nice. They also say, host your psychic fair here. <laughs> and Lynn was there in 2011 for a psychic fair giving readings and... And the room that they gave her was the master bedroom, and that is how she encountered the Meekers. And Eliza just hung out with her all day, being like, okay, don't drip any water on my carpet. Okay, I don't know what you're eating there, but don't get it on my carpet. Hey, would you be careful to, like, not get on my carpet?
1: so <laughs> that's kind of amazing and i love it's it though because wonderful like I, I mean if anybody's gonna sign off on the concept of the paranormal is a great way to engage people with history it's gonna be us. yes if, if the corbin mansion didn't yes. host psychic events there would be no ouija broads there would be no ouija broads isn't that amazing because yeah, i never would have been given spooky spokane and i never would have nope. felt the need to tell you that story and here we are 100 yep. and we're from episodes later Exactly. Now that I transcribe stuff, whenever I do shit like that, I'm like, how am I going to render that text-wise? Or murmur firmer. Yeah. Mumbling. Yeah. Yeah. Well, have fun with that, onomatopoeia. Now I gotta learn how to spell
0: onomatopoeia, Devin! Good luck. Say other words. (laughs) Constantinople. (laughs) Frigidity. The one I can never spell is Receipt or recipe. Oh, receipt Where's, is tough. Yeah. Where does the E and the I and the E and the P and the, all the stuff goes? I don't know. Yeah. Or murmur firmer.
1: I Spell I, that again. I always think that Massachusetts has another T in it. And I think I'm mixing oh it my up God. with Connecticut, which is actually like Connecticut. Connecticut is supposed to be Massachusetts. I only learned how
0: to spell Massachusetts after living there for several months, because I was stuck in traffic so goddamn often, I had time to read the license plates and memorize how you spell it off of
1: that motherfucker. Or in old-timey documents, mafafoochitz. <laughs> Maffafoochitz. <laughs> 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 Deuster. I, I love a medial ass. Okay. Oh,
0: man, yes. All right, my friends, we want you to engage with us on all the social media you can stomach. Find us on Facebook. Find us on Instagram. Find us on Twitter. We are at... The Ouija Broads, or at Ouija Broads, kind of depending on which one had what available. You can find us on our website, OuijaBroads.com. You can find us on Podbean, on iTunes, on your podcatcher of choice. I would challenge you this week to rate, review, and or subscribe, but definitely rate and review us on a medium you haven't rated or reviewed us on yet. Oh, wow. Please do so. You can do that on pod beans. You can do that on, I made that
1: plural, pod You beans. always think it's can... more than one pod bean.
0: <laughs> don't, you don't grow beans yeah, like, singularly. Yeah, like one, a skittle. One, one, a skittle. <laughs> a beans. <laughs> you only do quote venture brothers know. with me, don't you? <laughs> uh, sticks with me. I love it. Oh, friends, before Liz is left completely in the dark in the ever-gloaming twilight, we want you to live weird, die weird,
1: and stay weird, my friends. Yeah, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening.